imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total platonic reversal. Platonic reversal. With your hosts, Conan Neutron and Brenna Betts. Broadcasting from the top floor of the Radio Milk World headquarters in Oakland, California. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rock about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. I'm, I'm from the South. <laughs> I'm a Southern Belle. The confidence of a hero or a fool. I wasn't exactly certain which. Yes, y'all. And you don't quit and you don't stop. It is a science thing. It is a science thing in your face. Ah. Greetings, listeners, one and all, to the one and only, the one, the only. Protonic reversal. Welcome. Hey, Brenna. What's up? Hi. It's been a, it's been a minute. <laughs> it's been several minutes. It's been several minutes for sure, yes. Uh, what what have you been up to? What, what's happening? You're, we're back in uh, studio. It's a whole thing. It's, oh we, we when remember, was the last time we were here? Remember this is a thing that we do? I forgot for a while. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh it it's it's been ugh, March? Late I don't January? Know. Late no. January? Oh Jesus. February maybe? February. It's been, I'm it's gonna been, guess February. What's this we'll say February. <laughs> did we do Valentine's Day things? I don't remember. I, I remember <laughs> that time. Did period. all 
a hundred percent of it runs together for me a hundred percent of the time. So I, I, I couldn't, couldn't even tell you. Well, it sounds like we have a lot to catch up on. We do. We got a lot to catch up on. Uh, we got a great show. We got, uh, we got Sorab from the great new band Savak as well as Obits, Edsel, a uh, great dude. I've talked to him before on a previous show. Their record release is tomorrow in New York. So of course That's all our exciting. new work listeners should, uh, should get on that. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. This is one that just happened. It happened to work out and it happened to coincide with us being able to have him. So I'm stoked to make this happen. It's going to be, it's going to be a good, he better time. be interesting. <laughs> better deliver. I came dickhead. from San Francisco and exactly. I want to be entertained. <laughs> Understood. Understood. So, uh, why don't we hear, uh, let's hear a uh, Savic song. This is, this is going to be alive in the shadows. Ooh, spooky. Goes a little something like this.
All right, that's I'm Closing In by Obits off of Bed and Bugs. That was not exactly the song I wanted to play, but that's a great uh, that's a great tune. And that is that features one of the guitar players on that, of course, is, is our guest, Sorab. And before that was Alive in Shadows, which is off of the new record from Savak. That's uh, uh, Best of Luck in Future Endeavors, <laughs> which I think is a fantastic album title. And I I did I did a thing where I think the other guy sings both of those songs. <laughs> so that's Michael Jaworski singing on the on the Zavok song, and that's Rick Froberg singing on the Obit song, which is really funny. Funny oh. to me. I don't know why that's funny. Why is that funny? Uh, I don't know. That's that's just too much. It's just funny. <laughs> too much to explain. It's funny. It's funny. Strange. Not uh, less oh, of the funny. Oh, okay, that's different. So yeah, uh, there's been a lot of stuff going on. What's uh, what's been going on in the world of, of, of Brenda Betts? Oh my God, so much life. Sum it all up. Sum up your life in, um, the, okay. in the past three, three four okay, months. Okay, let's see. Go ahead. Um, and I, go. I, <laughs> I didn't go to Egypt because I had a nervous breakdown because a bunch of stuff happened in my work and my boss was driving me crazy, literally. Ha ha, bottom. I don't have. I don't actually have any uh, a rim shot. Weirdly. <laughs> Yeah, of all oh, the, of all the, of things. All the yeah. things you could have. Yeah. No, yeah. so I canceled my trip and got a plane this, credit. This, this oh, is you. That's a little nervous. <laughs> wait, wait, here we go. A little, little late in the game, but that's fine. I got a different job, canceled my trip, took in most of March off work, and got most of it paid for, all except for like maybe a week of work. And then went to Tahoe instead and spent a couple weeks there. Couple, I spent like a week at my dad's house in Sacramento, and then a couple weeks in Tahoe, and got to decompress my brain some and wow. start okay. sleeping again because I wasn't sleeping. Holy crap! Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and All right. address a bunch of goals and things that I wanted to do for me, and remake myself healthy. And Good. Then okay. So you you've been up at Tahoe then. I, yeah, oh, I I'm, went, I'm biting into your time. Sorry. I went. Oh, <laughs> I went. Uh, I went no, to that's Tahoe. Nerve wracking, isn't it? That's that's a bit much. We're gonna not do that anymore. And I wasn't really expecting. My friend set that up for me. It was kind of like a, you need to get out of the city, obviously, because it's driving you crazy. Here, let me help you. And I have friends that live there, so I went and stayed there. And met a new lover who's in the room. Which I can... Mystery guest, identify yourself. <laughs> he doesn't want to be on the microphone. No, okay. All right. <laughs> but, no, quickly That's moving. why I need, I need to have the, uh, uh, um, like, more, like, ooh, like, you know, like... Yeah, that would be a helpful... Be I would I would support that uh, soundbite over any of the other ones. So, quickly moving into new job and new boyfriend land and new... Ad- Dressing goals and possibly going back to school. All Lots right, of things. Yeah, that's um, that's good. That that's 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 a lot. That sounds that's a like, lot. It's like, it's like about a year's worth of stuff since the last since the last time I we know. did this show. I it I <laughs> and reasonably so. I've been a little bit like uh, hermity and kind of overwhelmed for a couple. I mean, my energy level just isn't the same. <laughs> right. For the last couple of weeks, because it's a lot to process and change but now my new job is only a five minute walk from my home 
Oh, wow. Jesus, am I jealous of that? Yeah, it's pretty sweet in that sense, but it also made me realize how much the mission sucks now. <laughs> it's not very cool anymore. And there's some cool people, but it's mostly tech people, no offense, but you know, most tech people are not like you. I'm not, I don't ident- I don't identify as a tech person. <laughs> Tr- no, there's, there's nobody guarding bathrooms for me yet, but I don't identify as a tech person <laughs> okay. at all. Like, I know I work in technology, but, like, I've, I've, I feel the exact same things you feel about Techlandia. I know you do, so I know it's okay to say those things. Yeah. And as that, you know, I would think that... And as we've established with this show, technology is clearly my fucking enemy because I'm constantly, like, <laughs> fighting things. It's true. <laughs> all and, the time. And angry at the <laughs> internet. God damn it, it's fucking I, I could say that, you know, for a person of, um, you know, the tech savvy mentality that mm. you are, right. you could really use more emojis in texting. <laughs> I'm just saying. Be, be careful what you ask for. I just really want to know your emotions sometimes because I get confused. <laughs> And I was thinking... Like, I'm always barking out orders and stuff? Or? I just don't know the context. So sometimes I'm like, is he angry or just venting or not angry at all and actually happy? I'm not really yes, sure. Yes, yes, and yes. All three at the same time, <laughs> probably. So I decided that I would bring up today that you should use more emojis in your texting. It would Fantastic. help. I found, I found a couple great ones lately. So I'll, Oh, I'll, really? Uh, is it a middle finger? <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be in the most used section, for sure. <laughs> uh wow okay so that that's a lot um yeah i work with evan now our mutual friend our mutual friends and my ex-bandmate yeah uh, evan evan gritson of you can't download coffee fame which someday i'll be you able to say is a real thing you can't download oh, yeah. coffee fame What's yeah that? his uh his anthony bourdain style coffee show where it just goes around the world like sampling different coffee and telling people like you know what they need to do and is that a real thing or is I, that an imaginary I'm, I'm going to make it a real thing. Oh, I hope it's real. <laughs> I, I've, I've, I've that talked about amazing. Make, I've talked about making the pilot with him for years, literally years. He should really do that. Yeah. It's, it's, I've watched that. What's the hell yeah. out of that? You kidding Evan me? Evan ranting? Probably like... Especially about coffee. <laughs> because, I, I mean, having having been on tour with the gentleman, and Evan Gritson also uh, co-host of the Neutron and Gritchy show, The Final Solution of Fun. That also mm-hmm. uh, appears once in a while. I think we've we've done two episodes. He feels strongly about coffee, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yes, he does. The man feels very strongly about coffee, and he has lots of opinions. Uh, being on tour with them, I remember we were in an Austin. We were in in Austin. We were a place in Austin, in Texas, and we we had to stop at Starbucks real quick to get this coffee. We're just we're not proud. We're not going to like be like live tweeting about it, but we need to get this coffee, right? <laughs> and he wouldn't go in. Not that he wouldn't get coffee. He's like, nope, I'm not going in. I'll be, I'll be out here waiting. I'm like, wow, really? You feel that strongly, huh? You feel that strongly about, about your coffee? And the answer is yes, he did. Yeah. I argue with him at work all the time. It makes other people uncomfortable. I had to tell the new girl last week, which is strange that I'm not the new girl, but there is another new girl. Mm-hmm. And I was like, don't be concerned. Sometimes we argue. It's only because we've known each other for four years and we used to work <laughs> together. And Evan can be very argumentative in a different way than Conan is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which which is great because, uh, yeah. And then also with Mouse in the, in the same way, we were just pretty much always constantly uh you know we, we have different ways of being hostile to each other so it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> know, you're all very different we're all very funny and we're all very hostile to each other in very different ways mine's not very passive aggressive i'm pretty much aggressive aggressive yeah evan is pretty <laughs> I'm, I'm, sca- I'm scathing and dismissive is, 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 is my is my tone evan's definitely more sarcastic um yeah. 
What would Mouse be? Mouse would... He seemed a Mouse little is deep pet. in his shtick. He's he's definitely shtick based for almost all things. Huh. For Interesting. sure. That sounds like a hilarious but stressful combination for the <laughs> three of you. Made for a really stressful show to put on, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Not for the music. The music part was fine. But I speak, of uh, course, of the, the predecessor to this show, You Can't Set the Signal, which was a blast most of the time. I had a funny, <laughs> a funny it was, thing. It was happen. a blast most of the time, at least 60% of the time. <laughs> I had a funny thing happen on Sunday because Evan and I have had some really bad shifts lately where like either he's either being a super asshole or like I'm just annoyed mm-hmm. and or like we're both having like weird customer inter- interactions and I've had to be like, dude, like you really can't be a dick because we won't have a job, <laughs> which is fortunate that I've known him for so it's long. It's good to have that pressure sometimes. He's not, he's not, he does, I don't think he intends to offend people it's just that we've both been doing it for too long which is getting back to my like readdressing life goals is like i'm assessing a plan and creating a plan right now to get out of the service industry and Mm, it's it's coming together quite nicely if i can come up with some money um (laughs) the root of all evil and all (laughs) goals but Evan and I were having a pretty busy Sunday and he and I was like, I'm just bad at this now. Like I used to be really good at, at like what people? Yeah, at people. <laughs> like I could charm the I'm just uh, I'm just bad at people. <laughs> I know. I offended a pregnant woman. I felt so bad. And I like I was like, man, I just failed now. I used to be how, able to... How, did I don't want to ask how you offended the, the pregnant woman? It was a reasonable offense. I forgot. <laughs> it wasn't like, hey, ever heard of condoms? <laughs> No. Yeah, we get it, children. <laughs> no, unfortunately not. But that is true and funny. Yeah, terrible. Thing I to forgot say. her name, and it's someone that I know, and I should remember her name. But say my name, Bastion. Women, pregnant ladies are sensitive. They're under a lot of hormonal changes yeah, and man, stress, a- and I have a personal rule not to offend them. And I try to be extra nice. And then my other coworker was like, "That's an unreasonable goal, Brenna." And I was like, "Oh, welcome to my world." But Evan came up with an idea for a coffee shop called Glory Hole Coffee. <laughs> that is just oh, Evan. That's just a hole, a, a piece of wood and a hole that you stick your money in and a hand comes out of the hole and gives you a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's that's that, that would um It solves the I'm bad at people problem. It does. It does. I think I might even have nah, I think I probably dumped that. Ah, that sucks. I used to have some Evan sound bites on the soundboard, but not so much these days. Barely have uh, sound bites for this show. <laughs> oh yeah, because they all died. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, not not that, not the people, but I mean, the- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, let's be clear. <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> <laughs> the sound bites, <laughs> not the people. the dust, not the people. <laughs> right. Yeah, and and ultimately, I've I'm, I'm overdue to get a new sound playing device. And what have I, you been up to? Uh, lots. So. Gosh, I guess the big thing, big thing is that the second Secret Friends record is out, um, which I'll give myself one of these. Good job. <laughs> so we don't have the vinyl yet because, of course, everybody's too busy uh, printing up 180 gram editions of like Island of the Blue Turtles or something from Sting. Uh, oh, is that a real thing? I'm just, I don't know. I'm just think, trying to think of the most ridiculous <laughs> thing. There's all these reissues of records that are already in print that are coming out as like oh, collector's editions for like, like record store day. Re- records? Well, that makes a little more sense. <laughs> I mean, he died. So 
No, but it's uh, the vinyl we're going to have in our personal timeline uh, later next month, early July. But yeah, the record itself is out in, you know, digital and CD form. It's kind of like ambling its way to other radio stations there, not this one. And uh, cool. I don't know what that movement I was doing. I mean, nobody, nobody can ambling. see. There's I def- thought you were typing. <laughs> it's definitely, I guess it yeah, looked I like be typing. typing. That'd be like typing with boxing gloves. It'd be like strong bad or something. <laughs> strong pop, pop, bad. Pop, Good pop, reference. Pop, 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 um, so yeah, that, that's, that's a thing. I threw the third edition of the West Coast Pier of Barbecue, which was a blast and a half and a bunch of great bands played. And the uh, first night was at Starline Social Club where we saw former guest Trans Am, which was, uh, oh, cool. which was great. So that, that place. And then the Saturday and Sunday were outside at Mosswood Park Amphitheater. Yeah. Which I was a blast. It was really awesome. It was really cool. I was able to pull off, you know, people being able to like drink legally. And uh, the sound system was again, same sound system we had the year before, which is just burly and fantastic. And, Everything sounded great. Everyone was uh, had a, had an awesome time. You know, people brought their kids and stuff. It was wow. One of the few times in life you have like something that like exists in your mind as an idea, and then you see it kind of like exactly conceived as the thing uh-huh. that was in your mind. Wow. It, was, it was very uh, very very nice that that happened, and it, a lot of people had a really great time with it. And uh, yeah, that was exhausting, but it was fun. I heard you had really <laughs> big speakers. Yeah, there. It's the same sound system that both Dave Matthews Band would take on tour and Metallica oh as, as their tour sound system. So one would say massively overpowered, but nah, it's powered just about right. <laughs> of course you would. And well, yeah, I mean, if you're gonna go stupid, go full stupid. That's what I say. I mean, Jesus, <laughs> right? Unless you're acting. Yeah, well, you never you never go full retard. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I can say that anymore. But <laughs> no, I think that word is no. Uh, you know, well, whatever. Not PC. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's probably one of the biggest things. Other than that, um, you know, that's a big lots of work. Yeah, I mean, the show. I, there was a couple episodes of the show that happened. Um, you didn't miss that much. Oh shit! Yeah, you did. <laughs> I had Brendan from Fugazi on. Oh, that's right. Oh my god, <laughs> I, I was in Tahoe that. when that happened. I was yeah. so bummed. <laughs> so that was great. But he'll, he'll come on the show. Again. That's the that's the evening that I met you. So that's ah. Okay. <laughs> then that all that all worked that all worked out. I was somewhere else sitting by a fire, unfortunately not talking. Aww. To Aww. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> no, don't like that sound bite. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you what, let's, uh, th- I mean, I guess, so I guess that's, yeah, that's what I've been up to. Not, you know, like whatever this, who wants to hear about, hey, you know what sucks about commuting? Commuting. Yeah, we know. I mean, nobody, I don't like hearing anybody complain on the radio about stuff like that so i'm not going yeah to. it's pretty mundane it's like talking yeah, it's about the weather same stuff it's great whatever. it is it, i must say it's, great. That it's terrible whatever who cares i realized today that it's it's memorial day weekend this weekend this coming weekend yeah it's also carnival in san francisco oh man so and it's like a... i'm noticing a build of crazy and then like the, the warriors people. are doing well i don't know if they're doing well enough no and and the sharks the sharks are in the playoffs i know but that's gonna be a south bay thing but that could be here oh but that would be south Bay. when would the playoffs be happening next week oh geez (laughs) there are a lot of extra your sports authority (laughs) (laughs) well like they might be doing well they might be sucking uh, i thought the warriors were sucking they're sportsing really hard that's all i know they're they're sportsing as hard as they can sports balls I, 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 are I'm flying. 
places. Not not the man to to give you the sports. They're doing updates, stuff. But I I do know anything that affects my 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 drive to work. <laughs> Of which the Warriors definitely do. No, there are a lot of people in town right now. I noticed today. I was like, don't you people have schedules? Oh, wait, tech industry. No, you don't. (laughs) No, they're not normal. It's funny. What they said in response was, uh, I'm a scat man. And it turns out it was scat man, John, and he was was hanging out. (laughs) I don't. That was very non sequitur. It was. I'm I'm just going to dump out so we can go to a song uh, so we can uh, get Sorab on. So this is another song off of the new record from Savak, the first record from Savak that is released tomorrow in Combi Minus One. This is Split Decision, and this is off of a song, Best Best of Luck and Future Endeavors, which I think is a great title. I'm going to get into why I think that's a great title. Uh, But first, let's hear this. There you go. That's Split Decision by Savak. That's off of the the new record. So new. It's so new. How <laughs> new is it? It's so new. It's coming out tomorrow. It's a best of luck in future endeavors, and that's on Comedy Minus One. And joining us by phone, we have So Rob right now. Hello, So Rob. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you doing? Great. It's great to have you. Uh, the crowd is, of course, going wild. 
it's it's awesome to have you. I've been I've been jamming the record. This is a this is a cool record, man. I'm I'm. Thank you very much. I'm liking this. This is a weird situation too, where I know. Now, obviously, uh, Greg and, and you were in Obits together, but I know Michael Jaworski from Virgin Islands and the cops from the West Coast, so it's like a world colliding thing for me where I'm like, <laughs> oh, these awesome... D- I mean, I guess the subtitle of this would be people in bands make band with pe- other people from other bands, <laughs> but it's all people that I personally know, <laughs> so yeah, it's a true yeah. statement, yeah. Well, I, the funny thing is, I, I mean, I guess separately, obviously, I have known you, um, but I, I only met Michael in the scheme of things uh, pretty recently, like very soon before we started playing in a band together, because he had just moved to New York and uh, was working at the Bell House, which is a local venue right near where we practice. And so that's how Interesting. I met him. Yeah, Yeah, and, and it's... Uh... It's cool because, and again, I haven't spent a ton of time with the record, but from what I've heard of it in, in you know, various forms of gestation and then also like having it to play myself, it, it's kind of like a little bit like everything that you guys have done, but it's like a little more kind of, it's more on the psych end uh, in some parts, if that makes sense. Like, it's a, I didn't hear that part. It's a little bit more what? A psychedelic almost. Like, oh, psychedelic. Yeah, oh, cool. but like not in the like, whoa, man, twenty minute freak out jam, <laughs> jazz odyssey. No, no, no. Not, that, not that way. But just kind of like it's got that kind of, I don't know, like good sixties like psych rock record kind of vibe to it on, on certain parts. But it sounds very now, and it sounds like what you guys do, which is always good. That's cool. Well, we definitely in the recording, we definitely tried to um, add certain things, sort of uh, headphone candy elements. So I don't know if that played into any of the psych stuff, but there are definitely certain areas where we, you know, just had fun with uh, the recording and the idea of this is going to be a listening experience as opposed to seeing a band play live in a room. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I definitely noticed it was, a good, it, was, it was a good headphone record. And I think that that's a, I mean... That, I don't think that that's an art that is practiced that often. What, it, what do you mean? It sounds best in headphones? Yeah. Well, it's just you get a sort of a different it's somebody experience. else's headphones where you don't actually have to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> you just watch their face. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Looks a little pained. Oh, he's wincing. That's not good. <laughs> uh, yeah. <I> mean, yeah. <laughs> no, we no. We tried to add details. We tried to add details to make the listening experience. I mean... You know, I uh, when I was in Edsel, we were very much attuned to the idea of making records that um, were a separate experience from seeing the live band, but it reflected the live band. And in Obits, it was definitely much more of something about trying to capture the band in a room, which right. is really great. And with this, it's you know, veering more back to Edsel in terms of approaching, you know, what a record, what the recorded format is versus what seeing the band play live is. Um, I mean, you know, it's not crazy differences. It's not like there's a children's choir, but I'm not opposed to that, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you, you, it's one of those things that there's a fine line for sure, and you can certainly go down a very dangerous path with that where it's like wow is that really was that baroqueness really there because it needed to be there or just because you had the you had the orchestra you already paid the orchestra the deposit and you had to make sure you (laughs) used them well i I think with those things if you're asking yourself those questions 
the person probably made the wrong choice. <laughs> you know, I think, <laughs> right. I, I, I think, you know, any, anything that when you're creating something like a record, it shouldn't feel like all of those things should, shouldn't feel, feel like they were, um, labored over it. They should be invisible almost, you know, right. it's, it's things that, so, you know, yeah, it shouldn't be like, hey, uh, my my cousin plays the saxophone, and uh, you know, we really be doing my favorite, be getting him out of the house. <laughs> I, I don't like my desserts too sweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that's interesting because, I mean, gosh, between between all you guys, there's a lot of record making experience. I mean, there there's there, there's been a pretty weighty discography between everybody, so it's not like anybody's a stranger to making. Record. So, is, have you has you have you found that like with this record that it was a, you know, there's like an ease of use that maybe wasn't there when you were in like your early twenties or anything along those lines. Well, I mean, one thing that was really great about uh, the, the process part of this record was that we did it with uh, our friend Jeff, and Jeff um, he was the bass player in Edsel, and he recorded most of and mixed almost all of the Obits uh, records. Um, but he and I have been friends for. I don't even know, longer than, a larger number than I should say, probably. Um, but he uh, he works at a studio where he was very generous in, in time that he had available. He would allow us to come in and work with us. And so that actually gave a very relaxed atmosphere to the thing, both working with such an old friend, but also somebody who, you know, you weren't watching the clock tick away. Um Right. And then, he, it, which I think I think helps a lot, you know, because you're not you're not feeling uptight. I mean, it's not like you're just going to tinker forever, but you don't feel like okay, if we don't get this done now, you know, we're really hosed. Um, but also, yeah, think, it, yeah, exactly, right. It's it, it's a different sort of vibe. Nice things, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was going to say one of the nice things is that you know Matt and his band Holy Beep. You know, I don't know what the radio situation is, for you guys, but <laughs> you, you, uh, you you can curse if you like. It's okay. Okay, I mean, I don't need to. But anyway, for that band, I mean, that band is is such a uh, you know studio constructed sound. Um, and then with James having been in Ulysses, and so, you know, there's definitely a, a wide spectrum of uh, rec- recording environments and recording goals that we've all experienced. And it's nice to be in a situation where there aren't really any rules. We feel very much like, you know, just trying to make the thing that appeals to all of us. Right. And it's it, it's nice that you have that that kind of lexicon to pull from that it, it, it doesn't feel like it's there's a lot of any forced artifice or anything along those lines. It just kind of feels like, oh, this is a very... Like, it doesn't even feel almost like a first record, to a certain degree, to me, uh, which I think is a good thing. It just it's very, like, very nice of you. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, it feels like a, a more confident record than I would <laughs> than you would necessarily expect. But, of course, you know, that's hopefully, like, what, you know, what, what the kind of uh, ease of use that you want when you're doing anything creative. I think, we, I mean, we all feel very comfortable with each other. There's no, nobody's has to prove anything to anybody else or and really mainly I think just the kind of creative freedom and like particularly in the studio we have no problems if somebody has like hey what if I try this thing out on this keyboard and you know everybody's like sure go for it and if it doesn't sound good we'll scrap it it doesn't matter you know and there's there's no sort of um, I feel like a lot of bands that not necessarily that I've been in, but that I've been around have really like tight constructs around like you know what you're allowed to do, which always seemed really crazy to me because I thought like man this is like rock and roll this is punk rock like with to, to create all these right. like really 
tight boundaries for what's allowed seems really kind of antithetical to the spirit of the thing itself, you know? Well, yeah, it's almost like, you know, you, you, you don't think of, uh, when I think of punk rock, I think of lots of rules. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's right. like that shit doesn't necessarily what made, like, the the screamers, what made the screamers cool is like, they they clearly didn't abide by that, you know? And, oh, yeah. yeah they and a totally weird keyboard, which, you know, in a different scenario might be like anathema to punk rockers or whatever. Yeah, and history usually shows that those types of people at the time, you know, are very different, but later in history tend to set the set the path or, you know, kind of set the change tone, if that makes sense. Change tone? Yeah, you know, I just feel like, you know, as, as a musician, you know, you just sort of, um, if you're trying to express yourself, to create all these weird little... Uh, cul-de-sacs <laughs> where you're not allowed to go or whatever. This seems really bizarre. You know, I mean, if it's about right. expression and it's about uh, particularly a shared one with the people that you're working with and your friends, it just seems weird to create these, like, tight corners that you have to work in, you know? It's like the uh, it's like the hotel, the way you, like, like make a bed in a hotel or something like that, <laughs> you know? It's just like, it just doesn't seem very musical, you know? Yeah, and it's it's. I think the best advances in creativity aren't necessarily done by people that are observing strict rule sets and you know worrying about what does or doesn't fit. It's sort of just like, well, I'm going to do this, and there we go. And <laughs> yeah, off to the races. Then you become like your own genre of badass. Like, I think rules make things boring. Boring, and you have people like Bowie who could like kind of do things on his own terms. I think I want to call, if I ever write a book, I'll have a title that says My Own Genre of Badass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, no, I, I definitely agree book. about Bowie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I guess you can claim that one. You did think of it. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be featured in, in the index. Uh, <laughs> no, no, um, I, I definitely think the, the Bowie example is a great one. Or, you know, even I, I just watched that uh, Damned documentary. And just the way they were talking about, you know, the, for each one of their records, they were sort of at a, just a different period in kind of who they were and what they were doing, what they were interested in. And it didn't really seem like they cared too much about, they didn't have to be the same band that right. made, uh, you know, that, that, that recorded the Neat, Neat, Neat single. They could be, you know, by the time they got to Phantasmagoria, it's a different, they're doing a different thing, but it, it's those people. And they're, you know, I mean, you may or may not as a fan go with them there but i think it's absolutely the band's right to do whatever they want you know yeah and it's one and like i mean i machine gun etiquette's like one of my favorite records of all time and you know smash it up is like a a big song but people forget like there's like an like an an ornate sort of keyboard intro in like the first part of that which at the time it would be like what the hell there's like what is this the right record like what well that's that's (laughs) also where captain sensible switched from bass to guitar so Prior to the record, it's like he, you would not have guessed that he was as a ripping guitar player as he is, you know? Yeah, and it's 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 notable because it, I mean, it informs that record in a way that gives it this sort of manic, crazy energy that, like you said, isn't like that first single. And yeah, and, and of course, they went down like the sort of like the hard goth route. It's either like sci fi and hard sci fi. They can do you know, hard goth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into hard sci fi, I'm into hard goth. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a uh, what, 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 what am I taking that from is that from uh, Party Down I think that's from Party Down 
Yeah. I have no idea. That's a cool. great show. Party down. <laughs> you, don't, you, you can still watch the show party down and not actually party down. Brenda, you know. Oh, can you though? Isn't that a trigger, or like some sort of enabler or motivator? It's anyway. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Moving on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, really. Uh, yeah, but it, I mean, the, I think the 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 string that you're kind of pulling on that is that you just like not even necessarily a lack of fear with, with experimenting and like moving things forward, but just kind of like having that be the modus operandi, like, you know, following, following your bliss, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it sounds, it sounds corny, but essentially I just, you know, having kind of come from a punk rock and hardcore, uh, backdrop, um, I w- I w- it was so delightful to realize that so many of the people and bands that, I knew and admired as as musicians, they were actually much more interested in such a wider variety of music than I ever would have guessed. Um, and those things were seeping into the music they were making, which is part of what made it interesting. Um, not not the formality of uh, maybe the presentation that I was familiar with. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's almost anyway. like, it's like using the tools and, you know, but not necessarily... <laughs> like I put it this way, right? So everyone loves Legos. Legos are still very popular, but Legos now is sort of like here's the thing you build, and here's the pieces to build that thing. Whereas you know when 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 I was a kid, back in my day, when when I was a kid, yeah. uh, it was sort of like here's a bunch of crap, you know, like here they are, go build whatever the hell you're gonna right. build. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know when it's done. No, I, I, I agree, I, and I actually no, but I think then it sort of it comes from your imagination, and right. you know that. The, the way that you put them together is yours and yours alone. It's not following a step-by-step instruction book, which, you know, I feel like it, 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 it's not a black and white world. So, for example, I think the, the benefits of having, like, Simple Machines put out that tutorial for, like, how to put out your own record, that's a really great thing to have somebody lay out in front of you and be like, here are really simple steps to follow so you can put out your own record. That's right. awesome. What's not awesome is it, this sort of, not from them, but from other places where the implied suggestion that, and you will only be accepted within the realm of this narrow punk rock landscape if you play these instruments this way uh, for this duration uh, while dressed in these clothes. And that to me is the part that seems just silly. You know, it's, um, it doesn't, it's not the kind of, um, no, it's not the kind of strategy that I'm interested in. Yeah, it's like if you don't fit those parameters, and by the way, here's the rule book. You know, you have to abide by by law section. Which I think happens alpha. a lot. You know, I think that, I think in the punk rock world, there's there's like this really weird sort of macho thing that happens where even though it's like you know supposedly sensitive people, they they instead create this really like uh, hard goth atmosphere. You know, and uh, it, it's it's really strange. You know, it's it's uh, it, it's a it, it's not, it's not inclusive the way, and it's not sort of um, uh, exciting and expressive in the way that it could be because it's really just like super tight, you know. And, and uh, I don't know, punk rock, the most uptight genre of music ever. Right? You know? Yeah, it, 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 it can be. It, it shouldn't be. It sort of like was, you know, it, it was designed to sort of like you know, hey, he, there's these rock and rolls become so overtly structured and kind of rules based and proficiency based that, you know, it's, let's just take it down to the core essence of like what makes this interesting and cool. And then it's almost, 
like the <laughs> the didactic nature of it almost uh, makes it more. I don't know, like Aspergersy a little bit, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. You know what I mean? That it's sort of like it's like yeah, you know that nobody outside of like your little group of like twelve people that are in your scene give a flying fuck about any of that, right? Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of our whole world. Like, everyone has that it's sure. aspect of life because we all kind of are, attach ourselves to an, a certain identity. And there are very few people, I think, that are free enough to allow themselves to just be comfortable in whatever they're doing. And kind of, yeah. if they're not, then make a change and, like, do the new thing that you want to do. And that's probably really hard for a lot of people, but also... I think that we are also dangerously teetering on the edge of uh, a world where we're disillusioned to think we have that freedom, but we don't actually. In a world, disillusioned to think that you have no, that freedom. No, but wait, actually, I'm sorry. <laughs> say, say, say that last part again. I just want to make sure I understand it. So the, the, you feel like we're on, I, the, like on the precipice of, uh, of, of feeling disillusioned? or No, or the, no I think... People are generally disillusioned to think that they are free in their own comfortability in whatever genre they are in. But truthfully, like we've just created these illusions around who we are based on like the Internet mostly and mm, okay. social media, which can be a really great tool for information and finding things out. But it can also give you enough of what you want or so much more than what you want to know that you don't actually live the life you want to live. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I get. I think to, to draw from that, I think that. Um, so I, my son is studying biology in uh, middle school right now, and so they're studying classification, and so they're going through, uh, you know, um, phylums and uh, you know whatever, whatever well, yeah, the, the uh, yeah genus, the, all the species, subspecies, yeah, exactly, all that the genus, stuff. Yeah. species, exactly. Yeah, and which is obviously a great scientific tool for 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 labeling things so that we understand what they are, we know where they come from, we know what uh, the lineage is. And I, and I actually think, musically speaking, that's also really, it's a helpful thing to do. Like, it's nice to be able to go, let's pretend there are record stores out there, and you go into a record store, and you're like, hey, you know, I'm looking for this thing. The one thing that I remember is that it's uh, a guitar player from West Africa. Well, instead of having to search through every single... LP in that store, they've helped you out by saying, like, okay, the records that are of this genre are over here. The ones that are of this genre are over here. The one, you know, and so it can be very, very helpful. I think the problem comes when people start to think that, well, I can only like or I will only allow myself to like this one genre of music, as if somehow listening to music experiences is an experience that happens in this very narrow passageway. And that's what I think is really weird. And I don't, and, you know, if you think of music as, as expression and a way of communicating and a vocabulary, the idea that people would purposefully narrow their vocabulary it's kind of crazy, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like yeah, I never yeah. understood that that idea. They're like, "Oh, I only listen to garage rock music. I only listen to electronic music." You know, like I'm a raver. I'm a whatever, whatever the whatever that subspecies is, the narrowest of the classifications that that people would find satisfaction in staying in that tiny little spot. It just seems really like. Stultifying, well, you know? Yeah, like, so, 
tying that into what I said earlier about the internet supporting that ideas, basically what I've seen is that people don't talk to each other as much. And I feel like we all kind of identify ourselves in a way that supports our own social media personality. But when you talk to people out in the world, you have like an actual human connection, which I, f I think people are becoming, are starting to like, under they don't understand the value of that or like don't think it's real or like don't really even think about it at all. And the fact that like, if I met someone who I really liked and I was like, you seem awesome. And they were like, yeah, you should listen to this electronic music. Like, I think you'd really like it. I'd probably be like, oh, okay. I mean, so-and-so thinks I'd like it and I like them. Mm. You know, I'll at least give it a try. Right. But I see people often that like don't necessarily value that interaction. And I feel like it's happening. Maybe I'm just getting older. I don't know. But it yeah, seems like it's happening more and more. <laughs> that, that, happened, that happens Get a lot more with lawn. age. Yeah. That, trust me. It happens I a lot more. Think there's, we, I think we, we, we create these little micro feedback loops for ourselves because it reinforces you know, our, our, our belief. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whether it's in a politician or whether it's in a kind of music. You know, you, you look on Facebook and the, you, know, you choose who you're going to be friends with. Yeah. And... And, you know, when it comes to politics, it gets a little weird because, you know, you start seeing things from people that you think you have something in common with, expressing views that you find totally abominable. Um, <laughs> right. I mean, it's a, lot, it's a lot easier to forgive somebody for liking a band that you don't care for than it is for them to align themselves with kind of a, 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 a political point of view that you find truly, like, heretical or distasteful to such a strong degree, you know? Yeah, like, um, like on a list of social crimes, I'm going to find being a Smashing Pumpkins fan pretty low on the list <laughs> compared to being a Trump supporter. <laughs> uh, as, yes, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly that, you know? Well, and uh, and I think what you're talking about, uh, Saurabh, is, is that like, there's, like, it's easier to get into confirmation bias too because, yeah, you, you're able to surround yourself with these like-minded like communities, which is the beauty of the internet, right? You get to be connected with all these different people that maybe, you know, you're not in the same city, you're not, you know, you're on the same like coast even, and you're able to like share ideas and, and things that you, excite you and whatnot. But because of that also, it's very easy to get into sort of like a pack mentality and like a uh, kind of close out new ideas because, you know, if you're just not being exposed to them, like why would, you know, you almost have to go through the effort to find people you disagree with or to find. Well, I mean, I think things. that's what, family does a great job with that, I think, you know, like... People you disagree <laughs> with. You know, really, because, you know, you, we, whatever family gathering you go to, there's always the, the cousin or the aunt or the uncle or whoever who you like them and you've seen them for years and, you know, or whatever, you know, you get married, you have in-laws and, and you love them so much and yet when it comes to certain topics, you just you can't believe that you have to have a conversation you know yeah um, you're like how am i related I to you <laughs> yeah but i actually think it's really really healthy because it, it, it allows them to realize that hey not all people who are into fill in the blank are nuts and you know similarly you can be like oh well, i guess uh i disagree with you but yeah i don't i don't actually think you're crazy <laughs> you know yeah like it's okay to disagree with someone and not be like you're a terrible person as well it's like right which seems yeah. to be a, a dying art it, it's 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 like you have to i you know, your people's politics and beliefs have become their complete identity now and everything that they do. And it's, I think that's a dangerous thing. Personally. Oh, very much so. Well, it's funny because it, I'm sorry, 
That's That's sorry, okay. I didn't mean to cut you off. What did no, you say? No, no, go ahead. She's just agreeing with me. It's okay. We can let her do that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just going to say, you know, it. it like I, I used to uh, when I was in high school and would get maximum rock and roll. I had tons of pen pals all over the world, and so yeah, yeah. I had these long correspondences that were going right. back and forth. And I did not actually. I knew nothing about these people except that, like. Uh, you know, they were, they, one guy lived in Perth, and he was really into condemned to death, and so we would write back and forth, and, like, he would send me flyers from Australian hardcore shows, or, like, I would write this woman in Poland, and she would send me tapes of Polish hardcore bands, but That's we awesome. didn't know each other, but it gave, it gave us the, it, like, the one thing that we shared in common, it gave us that, that area to be able to have that, and, of course, it would take weeks, if not months, for these individual uh, correspondences to go back and forth. And now, thanks to the Internet, we don't have that. And so it's this instant, like, oh, yeah, I heard, yeah, you heard this uh, band from uh, uh, this suburb of Warsaw. They recorded one tape in 82, uh, you know, and it's like instantly the information is there. And that actual human part where somebody is saying, like, Hey, these are my friends from high school. They recorded this tape. Check it out. You might like it. Like right. all, all the the human part of the connection is kind of stripped out. It just becomes this like data mining for, for culture, you know? Yeah, it's it's almost like the, the sort of the tiered part, like the part that, yeah, you have that personal connection because you would have these, yeah, as you mentioned, like these deep connections with people that you maybe you've never even met. Whereas now everything's like sort of single serving. It's all like you know buffet and appetizers. And it's not yeah. to say that it's not a good buffet, but, uh, you know, maybe it's a fantastic buffet. But but I also think it really encourages a really quick response to something. You're like, ah, oh, I'm not into that. Oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, because there's so much, and you have to sort of like, like, it's like you're going through the forest with a machete. You know, you're just like, no, you know, this is terrible. I need to find that one fruit that I like out here, you know. <laughs> right. um, whereas, like, if you're getting a cassette from somebody in Poland and it shows up three weeks later, you're like, Hey, that's pretty cool. You know, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to listen to it. And, you know, I'm going to listen to the same side about five times because I forgot to flip the tape over. And at the end of the fifth time, you're like, you know, I think I actually like this. I wasn't crazy about it at first. It was a little too metal for me. But in the end, it's actually pretty cool. It reminds me of Discharge, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right, right. I was wondering how long and, it was going to be for a Discharge reference, by the way. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> One of my favorite bands to work out, too. <laughs> No, but I think you're. I think you're. I think you're honest on me. I think that like people don't delve that much into the nuance anymore because there's so much stuff that's out there. It, there's less impetus to dive deep and and like spend that kind of time with something and let something reveal to you over time rather than just like, oh yeah, cool. I you know you know binary response. I like this. I don't like this. Moving on. You know, next, 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 next. And I, I still, honestly, for me, word of mouth is still the greatest way of hearing new music, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I really, like, today I got two recommendations for things I had never heard of before, and both from different friends. And so I'm looking forward to actually sitting down and listening to those records. It's not a blog that I'm going to that has, like, 15 <laughs> things I must listen to because they're the most awesome things on the Internet right now, you know? Right, um, right. It's it, it's two things from people that I know and trust, and I, I you know, and I was not familiar with either thing before. So to me, it's like that still is out there. It's just you just almost like just sort of have to create the the the, the structure for it to still exist. You know, like yeah. you kind of can't wade naked into the internet. You know, you have to put on some later hosen or something. You know? And ask people. 
Make sure know. to put in the later yeah. reason before asking them, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what were the two recommendations that you got? Um, well, one of them, I will tell you right now, um, is a record called, it's by a guy named Johnny Hammond. Johnny Hammond. Um, okay. Johnny Hammond, yeah. And uh, the record is called, hold on one second, <laughs> A Child's Love. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, check that out later. Is apparently, yeah. according to Wikipedia, an American soul I'm jazz. I'm sorry, the record is called Gears. The song that was sent was called A Child's Love. Oh, gotcha. So Johnny Hammond, Gears, is the record. Okay. Um, and the other thing was a uh, jazz record. Let me see if I can find it. Um, it was the jazz tuba player Ray Draper but it was a record of his that I had not heard before um, is it just unaccompanied tuba? That's that'd be some record no no it's not actually it's uh Ray Draper was a really pretty interesting guy. Only I think played on a handful of records, and I just know this one record that he had, which was the um, Ray Draper Quintet, and John Coltrane plays on it. But the main thing is it's it's a tuba, which is a pretty wacky instrument, um, yeah. but playing this really nice swing and jazz. Yeah, okay. um, and uh, so the other one. I can't find out where it is. Anyway, the, I think oh, it's called a tuba jazz, and uh, it's another <laughs> one of his records. But I wasn't familiar with him. So, like a, a, uh, yeah. a, a tuba, a tuba of jazz. Yeah, a tuba jazz. So anyway, you know, it's and these are both from people that whose taste that I like, and you know, are listening to in my mind quality music. So I love the fact that I have like two new records to listen to. You know. Yeah, I mean, I I was. I talked to a guy who's a dentist and also an aging special specialist um, wow, months I feel, ago. I feel like that could apply to a lot of people I know. I know. <laughs> he was like made a profession out of it. He told me that um, staying social is the key to um, aging well. Hmm. Interesting. Which is interesting. I believe that. Yeah, that's good wisdom. I like it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I believed him because he seemed very matter of fact and had very little motive around that, but I also was like, oh, okay. I think I probably but I, It makes sense because I think if you're around people, it makes you, first of all, I think just the social element is probably good to keep your brain kind of agile because it means you're listening and hopefully you're thinking about things and you're trying to respond in ways that are appropriate, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, and uh, But also it, it, it means you're being exposed to, to new ideas or at the very least other people's um, they may not be new ideas, but at least other people's stories, and I think that alone has value. You know, um, just not living in a, like a myopic, <laughs> kind of shut-in kind of world. Yeah, you know? it, it gets you out of your head, too. Which yeah, is, which is, is, is really important. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. For, for me, definitely. I can say that's something I, could, I, I, I definitely always value myself. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> I actually like hearing people who. I like hearing other people's argument who is are very different than mine, even if I don't agree with them, because sometimes they might change my mind about my own ideas, not to necessarily agree with them, but also come up with like a better viewpoint of my own. And then also like if they are well thought out enough, my own perspe perception of them 
too, which is part of being social is like allowing other people into your life. And, you know, sometimes I don't often, I don't really want to do that, but (laughs) (laughs) I have to. And then I, you know, it's like, you got to listen to that thing in your head. That's like, go outside. (laughs) Talk to people, you know, like when you're thinking about it, then usually something happens to coincide with that. And therefore it was a good idea. And then sometimes you go outside and a bird poops on you and you're like, why did I listen to myself? <laughs> well, I also think sometimes some people are really masterful in arguing and sometimes it's just kind of a treat to be exposed to that, even if you don't agree with them, just right. to hear somebody who can make a compelling argument. Because, uh, you know, most people, myself included, uh, you know, you, you kind of shoot off the hip and like you you know you're kind of winging it 95 percent of the time and uh and so it's nice when you actually hear somebody who who can put together complete thoughts and like structurally present something that may not be something you're into but you're like huh okay i can i can see what that is now you you appreciate the form and the process like it's almost like someone being a skilled debater you can be like oh wow that was well done you, yeah. You, you spelled that word correctly, even though I don't care about that word. Yeah, like you're an asshole, <laughs> but I see how you might be right. <laughs> well, you know, I actually, I, I just listened to this interview with uh, the former politician, Anthony Weiner, who's a former oh, politician here yes. in New York. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we know who um, <laughs> you, you know, You know of him, yes. Oh, yes. Um, and it was, uh, it was a really fascinating interview. He He was a much more sympathetic person and a really, I mean, he clearly has thought about everything that he's experienced, both in the political spectrum and also his personal life, to such an intense degree. And is he was incredibly honest and, and forthcoming in this interview. And uh, in you know, in no way did it justify his inappropriate behavior or the way he you know treated his family in doing so but it's still it was i I have to say like just on a human level i was like all right i I feel sympathy for this guy and i'm I'm, he's an interesting person you know um so that's a really tough one because like most people that you think might have evil ideas are not actually evil people at all and and can I just say on the subject of Anthony Weiner, I think it's amazing that the alias that he chose, if I remember correctly, was Carlos Danger, which is <laughs> the most obvious really alias that I think I've ever heard anyone say outside of like a schoolyard playground <laughs> of like, I want to be a spy. Who are you going to be? I'm going to be Carlos Danger. <laughs> it, it's, it's incredible, actually. It really is something like a seven-year-old would come up with. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I just... Uh, yeah, it's fun. I think you know, hearing points of view that are not your own, you know, that are not always consonant, you know. Right, right, and it's. it's I think it's almost something that is not disappeared exactly, but it's. It's definitely. You, you see a lot less of it. It's definitely more of a. I think it's easier to just be ensconced in your own group of like-minded people. Uh, which apparently seems to be the theme for the for this particular episode, but <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. Break out, man! <laughs> uh, so screaming for change here, man. Yeah, exactly. Challenge yourself, bro. <laughs> break through, break through. Uh, what it, it's got to be so. And speaking of being surrounded by some of the same people, this is 
but I'm going to attempt to do a professional segue here. I mean, you, you've, been, <laughs> you've been playing with Greg for a while. Like, I mean, you, yes. you played with Greg and Obitz. And I remember from when you were on uh, my previous show that you guys used to you guys used to work together, right? Am I remembering that correctly? You are. He was, he was my boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's amazing. That's, that's I changed so that. I'll tell you, man. I changed that scenario. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the boss that's now, boss, huh? <laughs> Who's the boss no, now, uh, Simpson? Yeah, it was, it, 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 was a, it was a very it was a great great way to actually meet him because uh, we were working with a design studio, and he was the his creative director or whatever the position was, now it's just like the schlubby, you know, uh, freelancer, designer guy. And um, there was one, uh, like a speaker in the middle of the office and whoever got there first could plug in their iPod and and kind of be the DJ for, for however long anybody else was willing to stand for it. Mm. Um, and anytime he put stuff on, it was always great. And I, you know, and half the time he was like, man, what, what is this? You know, right. uh, and uh, so we just started talking about music all the time, and this that was right when Obit started, and we did not have a bass player, and so I sheepishly, like I talked to Rick, I was like, hey, you know, this guy I work with, my boss, <laughs> you know, he seems really cool, he's in a great music, um, should we give it a shot? And he's like, go for it, you know, I was like, all right. So I, I said to Greg, I said, look, man, I don't want things to be weird if this doesn't work, <laughs> you know, because like, what's right. the worst thing? <laughs> you tell your boss, like, you're... Sorry, dude. You're not. In the you, did, you didn't make the cut, bro. <laughs> Please don't fire uh, me. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, but he came and he played with us, and both Rick and I were like, "Man, this guy's tremendous." And I really, I, it's. Uh, I mean, aside from the fact that he's a great person and fun to hang out with, the way he plays bass is unlike anybody else who's ever played bass with. I mean, he really plays with kind of an old-fashioned style. Yeah, like something yeah, totally. you find more of in like a, a like a like an R&B band from the 60s or something like that. Like it's, right. there's equal parts like James Jamerson as there is, you know, like uh, John Paul Jones as well as like, you know, he's also really likes Wire and, you know, like I played him MDC and he was like, oh, this is cool. I can see why you'd like this. You know, so stuff that he was not right. familiar with, totally open to, but he came to it from this approach that was really much more kind of rooted musically in a way that I just thought made the music that we were trying to make better. And I think that it all started from a Lord of the Flies style uh, policy for yeah. music in the workplace. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> and then actually, when I left Just that goes job, to show you, I, work, I workplace, uh, workplace can be a great place for uh, finding creative partnership. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I would say when I left the job, I actually gave my spot to Alexis, who ended up drumming. Ah, a bit. So of course. It was, it was all very connected in that way. Yeah, and uh, that sounds like some some office. This is just, it sounds, sounds it like a gold totally mine. Fell apart and went fell apart and went bankrupt. <laughs> oh, everyone's joining your band. I mean, I mean, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, there's no there's right. no have to do any work. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, and, that, and that's fascinating because yeah, he's he's got a uh, like I said, a very very unique style. That uh, I mean, it suits the music for sure, and it seems like it, it it's almost a more yeah. It doesn't seem like it's quite like as much of a punk rock style. Like it definitely has that sort of like classical you know Nuggets style like old soul like kind of uh, approach to bass that kind of lets the guitars or the keyboard or whatever kind of go in a different direction. And it's, it's definitely less, you know, follow the root notes kind of 
thing. Yeah, it just opens up a ton of space. I mean, you know, it's, you're you're a guitar player. I mean, just to have somebody like that playing bass, it just leaves so much room to do other stuff because it really does find the balance between the rhythm and the melody in a way that is just as a guitar player is so freeing because it just, uh, yeah, really, I love playing with Greg. Um, and, uh, similarly, Matt, the drummer in Savak, I think is such a great, great drummer. And he, you know, he comes from kind of a jazz as well as punk rock, but he's super into jazz. And that really, I think, informs his playing in a way that brings a musicality to, to our group that I'm really excited about because he really knows dynamics and he's, he tries so hard not to fill up the space. Like he's always trying yeah. to find like the most, like the simplest thing that he can play, um, which is great. I mean, it's just, it, again, it's just all about those, like what you're not playing, you know, a lot of times. Yeah. And that's so vital. That's so like kind of bizarre and <laughs> kind of strange to find, I guess, especially with, and I got to say this, like with guys, <laughs> generally speaking, if there's space, a guy will attempt to fill that space almost immediately. <laughs> musically. I mean, musically. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's be clear. Musically. Uh, and, and I, I mean, and to, to the point that I would say my, you know, speaking personally from, from advancements I've tr- tried to do musically in the past five or six years is to not do that. Like make a conscious effort not to like fill up space and like leave it. It's okay to like leave room for the Lord, you know? <laughs> Room it's, for the it's Lord. All, it's all That's right. an interesting thing to hear you say. <laughs> That's what they always say in the, 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 the you know the the abstinence only. Leave room for the Lord. You know? Ew. <laughs> oh. Not, I not familiar realize. with that expression, but I can I can imagine <laughs> I can I can interpret it. Uh, well, I mean that's what, what to me like when I first heard Wire was just so revealing. I was like, wow, there's there's a simplicity here that isn't does not come from an inability to play. It's from the active choice right. to not play and that that's such a there's so much power in that as opposed to the really obvious power of making things loud and full and dense and you know kind of crushing which is can be cool too i think there's a place absolutely a place for for, for being bludgeoned by sound um but just it was for me it was just eye-opening when i heard her ear opening or i guess whatever um you know when somebody was obviously making a choice to not do that i was like man you know not to self Right, yeah, it's a nice it's a nice thing to be able to to have in the back pocket for sure. And then so, uh, uh, and it's you said I think I was mispronouncing it. It was a savak, right? So I'm put, I was I think I was putting the enunciation on the on the first syllable instead. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it doesn't really matter, but yeah, it's it's like da da, <laughs> which is it's uh it's the. Iranian sort of like version of like this, the like CIA or something, right? Yeah, it was the secret police under the Shah, and uh, they were terrible, horrible people and <laughs> did terrible, horrible things. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's I, I honestly when I, when I first heard the, the band name, I thought I I thought it was a character from Star Trek. I was like, oh, is that the Vulcan that was on uh, the <laughs> on the Voyager? Because I couldn't really remember it in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, no, no, it's not, it's not that. It's not, it's not that yeah, at all. I, I mean, I lived, uh, my, my father's Iranian, and I lived there as a kid. And uh, so when I was living there, uh, Selvak was around, and I was, you know, even though I was a kid, I was very familiar with uh, the lore of, uh, I mean, not, not just lore, but, you know, what they actually did. They, they really were, you know, they 
tortured and killed and uh, were just horrible. Yeah, kind of a heavy thing to name your band after. Like, it, <laughs> well, you know, I'd say I, 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 I would say I don't think we named it after that. I think we used that name. We took that name and, and made it the name of our our band. But it's not in any way a celebration of <laughs> or, or you know, like an endorsement. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I sort of feel like uh, it, it, in 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 the context of bands, particularly punk rock, it, you know, names really mean so little in the scheme of things. You know, there have been t- so many egregious band names, <laughs> you know, whether right. it's Butthole Surfers or Dead Kennedys or, uh, you know, it's just, I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. And uh, this one, I actually, it came to my mind when I first heard of the, like, controversy around that Viet Cong band because I just thought this is so silly I can't believe people are getting upset about the name of a band I mean it's a band it's not you know there's history and there's art right <laughs> you know and I don't understand why that this, this for me to, to I couldn't understand why people can't separate those two things um, and so my first thought was oh I should I should name them the band Savak. I mean, that's kind of my version of Viet Cong, you know. Uh, and because why, why not? They, no, you know, nobody owns the word. Right, and it's I mean? it's not even it's not really as well known either. So you can right, kind of right. you can kind of get away with that to some degree. But it's also yeah, I'm getting real tired of this mindset that is like, oh, all art has to you know match my values, principles, and beliefs of the world exactly. It's like really that, that does it because. You know, throw out all your film noir movies and like all your detective books and stuff because those are all, you know, written by a bunch of like right wing idiots sometimes. And it's like, well, okay, then it's art. Like it's okay to have like different viewpoints expressed, and it's okay to be challenged as well. It's yeah. a good thing. And I, and I, I mean, honestly, that really, given the number of people who probably got upset by the name Viet Cong who probably had a Joy Division record or a Gang of Four record. <laughs> right. And probably yeah. don't even know, that, you know what those names are referring to. It's, yeah. it's silly. It's just like, I think people get all ruffled up and, you know, they like to, people like to be angry about stuff and they're like upset and feel indignant and self-righteous. And, you know, frankly, there's not that many Iranians out there. I mean, I think for the most part, like when I told my dad, I was like, well, I'm curious to see how he responds to this. And he just laughed. He was like, that's a terrible name. <laughs> and, uh, he was like, I thought Opus was bad. This is even worse. You know? <laughs> but then we laughed it off. And like, he doesn't care. Yeah, yeah. You know? it, I mean, it doesn't, it's not it, offensive to him or anything. No. It's Why just like, he, if in, in his mind, he's like, he's like, that's just a bad name, <laughs> you know. Like, like he could have picked any other thing, but but he's not offended. He's not. He wasn't like, oh, get out of my house, son. You know, like, how could you? <laughs> uh, right. And right. I feel like a lot of people react that way to band names, or at least, you know, to say, let's use Viet Cong. And I, in person, I don't know those guys. I, 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 I will say that artistically, I was really disappointed by their choice to change their name. They changed their name? They did. I didn't know that. They did. To what? I don't know, like middle of the road or something. Well, you know, those (laughs) those guys used to all be in a band called Women. They were all in a band called Women, and then they... they they, All dudes. 
They were all dudes. <laughs> and the lead singer and the, like, I don't know, guitarist or ba- bass player got in a fight on stage and, like, broke up. And then the lead singer died, like, that night. And Jesus that broke up the band. Wow. Yeah. And then they reformed a couple years later to be Viet Cong. Oh, get this. So they, they changed their name to Preoccupations, which is a bog standard sort of like nothing band name. So they call Preoccupations. I really like them before. I don't I know. I mean, I, I just, you know, maybe they get sick of talking about it, which fair enough. Yeah. You know? But yeah. at a certain I'm point, sure. I, 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 my argument would be make other people sick of talking about it. It's their yeah. problem. Yeah, exactly. Yours. Well, <laughs> then, then what about like the band ISIS? Well, yeah, I mean, luckily they broke up before that became known for the other thing. Uh, but, but they, they, they right. changed the name of their Facebook page. And they, because they get hate mail to it, like on a daily basis, yeah. which is, is insane. And probably threats. Too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Which I mean, people like, yeah. Do you really think the terrorist organization has a Facebook page for you to post nasty comments to? Right. I mean, <laughs> it's also, <laughs> it's also like, hey, everybody name. come to my event, terrorist attack at like whatever. It's also like, uh, uh, not going to go. I'm going to decline that. It's also an Egyptian Ignore. goddess Ignore, and a name. Yeah. Like people yeah. are named Isis, and then those people are probably, hopefully, not changing their names. Well, Obama well, at least the, he tried to make ISIL happen for like a really long time, but people weren't having it because they're both. Well, they're right. both. They're both. They're also both misleading, and like the Arab world calls them Daesh, I think, or yeah. like people like now they want to be. Cl- not they want to be called. Other people are calling them Daesh because it means like a demon who smites out others and they hate it. And ISIS doesn't want to be called that. So we should call them that. Why not? They hate it. That's the point, right? Yeah. I, 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 uh, what's, what's in the name, really? <laughs> yeah, well, it's almost like... Yeah, and I like the idea of, you know, like you mentioned, like a name being imbued from whatever the artist or band puts into it. And it, that's something that, like, a good example is uh, we had, we had uh, Christian from Whores on, which are a great band, but obviously that's a hell of a name. You call yourself, yeah. you know, Whores in, like, the... And this is, like, the era of, like, you know, safe spaces and <laughs> yeah. whatever. Like, people get really upset about it. Like, like I'm going to see Whores tomorrow night. Like, what? Yeah, you, you are a... <laughs> Jimmy? You carrying that much cash? Okay. <laughs> no, but, I mean, they've legitimately lost out on opportunities, like, playing with bigger bands and things like that, because people just don't want to have anything to do with the controversy of even, to, to, like, have that discussion, Right. And they have a very interesting mindset for, like, why they chose that name. And they're only, you know, a bunch of, like, progressive dudes. Not that it even should matter, because what the hell? It's, it's, it's a name. It certainly is. It's a bold name. I mean, you see the T-shirt that says whores. It gets your attention immediately. Yeah, I can wear that to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I could, but I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> like yeah. Put myself in a bad position. But, yeah, I mean, people <laughs> like to be angry about stuff. And there's also the story of the band Death. Yeah, and you know, which is weird to think about now because like death is relatively innocuous as a band name now. Yeah, it wouldn't really matter. It's funny how time changes things. Well, that's the thing. I mean, over time, you know, things evolve, things are forgotten. You know, and really, so much of this when it comes to just language usage, it really is like the word savak. Before it's a sound, it's just a series of shapes. And the fact that, you you know, we choose to imbue it with all this power is kind of absurd. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you're talking about a band, it's a band. What the band does is make music. If you want to argue about whether the band is any good, 
that's a great thing to argue about. Right. But to argue about the value of the thing they've chosen to call themselves almost seems to miss the point of the fact that it's music. Well, know? just like there's this obsession on process now rather than content. Like, you know, rather than, or I shouldn't even use the word content, because the word content has now been stolen away from to Techlandia, but like the art itself is, is not the subject of discussion. It's the process to, oh, how did you make the art? How did you, you know, where did you get it pressed? Like, where did, <laughs> and it's like, those are, I think those things are interesting. And obviously this is some, something of a process oriented show to a certain degree, but like, it's, it's fascinating that we've had that sea change and so many things that everything is sort of like not focused on what I personally feel like things should be focused on, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Well, to, well and in some way, uh, actually I, I used to work at this place uh, called funny garbage and it was, um, a, uh, sort of an internet era design and, uh, web platform content creation, <laughs> you know, like we did, uh, uh, cartoons for the cartoon network website and stuff like that. And, um, the, so the name of the place, as I said, is Funny Garbage, and one of the guys who started it said to me that the name was so ridiculous that it really actually turned off certain kinds of clients. Right. And he said he said that at first they were kind of weirded out by it, but then he thought, you know what, the kind of people who are going to be bothered <laughs> by that name... We don't actually want to do work for them. Yeah, do you want their? Do you so, even want their business? Yeah, it's exactly. You're, so similarly, if somebody's going to bum out about the name Savak, that's fine. There's plenty of other bands out there to listen to. You know, it's almost a litmus test. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and you mentioned uh, that you have. It, that you, you, so there's keyboards in this band, and, and that's James Canty. It's funny because I actually just saw James Canty in person with. Oh, with, with his brother playing the. The uh, whatever the, the museum. Yeah, so at, at the Exploratorium uh, with Brendan Canty, where they provided live accompaniment to, uh, <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of a trip to describe because it's it's like there's like the one, uh, it's Sam Green and uh, oh god, what was the other guy? His, his name was Josh Green? No, James Green? Whatever. His last name was Green. There's a lot of Green, uh, and <laughs> uh, Brent Green. That's what it was, and not Tim Green, mind you. He was a former guest of the show as well. Uh, but they, they had two Nor was it Grant Green. <laughs> Correct. Uh, but they had these, you know, the one, they kind of traded off, like one was like more slideshow oriented, one was like more kind of like uh, music storytelling oriented, but they did like a live soundtrack to everything that uh, kind of matched like what was happening in the story. It was really cool, like really interesting uh, concept. It's definitely like, and like having it at the Exploratorium and like talking about what it is, like it's very much something that would fit nicely in like a This American Life episode or something, right? Like it's definitely like a stuff white people like kind of situation, but like in a good way. Like, <laughs> like and I, t- I told yeah, yeah, I told so Brendan that I meant that as a compliment when I said that too. It's like, no, no, it's good. That's a good thing. It's, it's <laughs> we like it. Yeah, we yeah, like so it. it That's what we want. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really fascinating because it was it was, I mean, it was a trip to see how they integrated everything and all this art together. But yeah, James of course was a, one of the, one of the players, uh, in, in that who uh, plays in your band. Yeah. Did you and know he's that? A great <laughs> <laughs> show I've heard. I don't know. Uh, uh, he's, he's actually a really great musician on a lot of different instruments. It's, 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 uh, not always a lot of fun to hang out with, which he is a lot of fun to hang out with, but, um, he's, 
get a keyboard, he's got a bass, he's got a guitar, he can play drums, he can, he can sing, you know. Yeah, and, so. and, and, and he's no he's no slouch himself. I mean, he's he's he played in the makeup, he played with Ted Leo. I mean, he's, you know, yeah. it's like you kind of got an all-star Nation cast going. Yeah, exactly. I, again, bringing, bringing up Tim Green, <laughs> the former guest of the right. show as well. Um, yeah, he's he's a he's a great keyboard player, and it's really he added a lot. He actually he came to a show before he was in Savak. He came and saw us play um, a show here at the Mercury Lounge, and um, afterwards, I guess, was talking to Matt and to me, and was like, you know, if you guys ever want like somebody else to add some stuff, I'd love to play. And we're like, sure. What are you doing Tuesday night? <laughs> you know, yeah, and uh, <laughs> you're so in. He, yeah, so well, we you know we did we sent him some of the songs that we had started recording, and um, he learned them and came and joined, and we we're like, man, this is great. It's a, it's like he he you know he again has that a similar musical bent, which is that what can I add that is going to help, you know, not just trying to fill up space to fill up space, and so he's really good about like, hey, this part does not need keyboards, or right, this right. part I'll just play tambourine, this part I'll do a backing vocal and hold down one note i don't have to fill up the whole thing um and so immediately it just was so such a sympathetic um experience and he's hilarious so we laughed a lot and yeah that, that's always we're nice. like we're like we're like come back next tuesday <laughs> you know and uh yeah and so it worked out and it's been it's he's now he's he is in the band you know so, so and speaking of in the band explain to me this this drummer situation because you have the <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not just a drummer situation. We had we had we had a bit of a situational situation, which is uh, so, so uh, we have two drummers. Okay. Uh, so there's Matt and there's also Ben. Ben was my son's second grade teacher, and he, <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and wow. so okay. We, we, actually, it was pretty pretty great. So when we went, you know, like the first week of school or wherever you go and you meet the you know your kids' teachers and stuff. So my wife and I went and. Um, this was Mr. Ben when we were meeting. And so Mr. Ben is like, listen, um, I want to tell you guys something just to get out of the way so it, you know, doesn't seem strange. And, you know, when a teacher says this to you, you're thinking, like, what happened? Right, right, right. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> like, I'm like, you know, our, our kid is a really nice kid. Did he do something weird? I don't know. You yeah. Know? And, uh, tell me it's not a sex thing, I'm please. Like, <laughs> I'm, 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 like, running through my mind, like, what? Possibly, could he, is he going to say next? And uh, he was like, you know, I, I, I'm an Edsel fan and I'm an Obitz fan, and and before you see me at one of your shows, I just wanted to tell you that so it wouldn't seem weird. And I was like, huh, oh, that's awesome. That's rad. I was, yeah, like, that's, that's crazy. I, was like, I was like, that's the coolest thing you could have said. You could have said all these other things that would have been horrible, you know. <laughs> uh, and so we, you know, we would, I would pick up my son every day after school, and we would talk and talk about music. And um, he was like, you know, Fridays I actually get out of here early if you ever want to play and so he and i started playing on friday afternoons with michael jaworski hmm, and okay. um this was before obits ended we just kind of started jamming on the side and then um simultaneously matt and greg and i were playing together when on practices where rick couldn't make it like if he was doing a hot snakes thing or whatever and so we sort of had these two things kind of running parallel and then I was like, Greg, do you want to play on Friday afternoons with Ben and Michael and me? And he's like, yeah, sure. And then I realized the only thing that was really different from either one of these scenarios was that the one didn't have Michael on guitar and the other didn't have Matt playing drums. And I thought, well, there's got to be a way where we can just, like, 
unify this scene because Voltron up. Skin must, <laughs> you know, like the, uh, the the mods and the rockers got to get together here. Right, um, the grand unified theory and, of rock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so uh, we, you know, we all sort of talked about it, and we're like, yeah, well, how about if we essentially use both practicing times to to write music with each drummer, and then when it comes time to playing shows, if we're if it's a local show, we split it, however you want to do it, or if one person's available, one person is not, the other person plays. And so really it was just kind of like just the logistics of how to make it work without being cumbersome. Um, huh. So it was actually, uh, it's all been really cool, but as it turns out, Ben uh, had a kid and is moving to Chicago this summer. So Ben, sadly... Uh, as of later this summer, uh, is not going to be playing with us. I mean, who knows? Maybe if we go to Chicago, he'll join us for a set. Yeah, but, I was going to uh, say maybe he can play with you when you when you play in Chicago. But yeah, yeah, exactly. But but mainly, I just one of the things that to me was exciting was to try to be in a musical situation that again didn't have so many rules, wasn't so stratified in these ways of like you know because I think of like jazz. When you think of jazz, you don't think of bands necessarily. You think of p- different players who maybe work together and they can work together for years at a time, but it's not so structured in this way that the identity is like anchored around, you know, these four names. Um, right. I thought, why can't, why can't we do that? Why can't we be a little looser about what, what the band is? Can't the band just be, you know, Michael, me, Greg, and then whoever is available to play drums. And then, you know, occasionally we'd have a friend join us on saxophone. Um, and then James joined on keyboards. And I thought, well, this is great. You know, it's kind of like a, you know, I hate to use the word collective because I don't really think that's not very accurate in terms of what we're doing. But I kind of wanted to feel a little bit more open. Um, in the meantime, Greg has had a bunch of stuff going on work-wise. So he has not been able to play certain shows. So we've had... had have asked other friends to fill in at certain points. So we've both had like fluctuating drumming situation and a fluctuating bass situation. <laughs> wow. um, but I, I kind of liked, I mean, it, it can be a little stressful sometimes because, you know, you want to make sure you don't sound horrible when you play, but at the same it's time, I actually also kind of, yeah, you know, just general checklist. <laughs> general check. Uh, uh, but, but I also like the idea of just trying to be a little looser and trying to, you know, because the, the drummers play differently, the bass players play differently, and just trying to adapt a little bit and not be so rigid about everything, you know? Yeah, yeah, not, not be as uptight about it. Now, it's funny you mentioned, I was going to ask about the, the saxophone, because I was wondering if you had like something like a, something like a Baker Street in mind, or if you're going for more of like a ha- hard <laughs> jazz direction. Um, I, I, you know, I, Baker Street is one of my lesser favorite rock and roll saxophone tunes probably um, but uh, you know I, I guess for me when I think of sax and, and rock I think of like Roxy Music or the same oh. uh, you know stuff that swings a little bit no. but it's like it's still a little tougher you know yeah well and, and there is it's interesting because you know other than I can I can think of like maybe you know Sweet Filet Johnny obviously pulled it off and they were like a much in a much more aggressive fashion but like there's still is there's such a you know, talk about you know provincialism and, and uh, you know being stuck to the rule book people are like oh there's a saxophone Ugh, no right. what is it ska right. we get it it's like no it's yeah it, it totally is not ska dude <laughs> it's okay <laughs> well and we also I mean that's the other thing too is just trying to just trying to find different voicings to bring into the music just trying to give ourselves as much 
have just as much musical bandwidth as possible. You know, I I, uh, I like the idea that whatever we do next has elements that are recognizable from what we're doing now, but that you know we're giving ourselves musical room to to grow and to be at least for ourselves a more interesting, compelling group of musicians. You know. Yeah, and it's you know I think it's kind of. <laughs> wow, <laughs> are you in traffic right now, or what's? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, I the street that I live on sometimes gets backed up. And so, <laughs> my dad's here. I gotta go, guys. <laughs> are you? Is, are you? Ser- you actually do have to go? No, no. Oh, I was okay. Joking my, my, my dad showed up. Oh, 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 well, you know, maybe he wants to talk to you about, uh, you know, some new band names. Uh, who knows? But uh, <laughs> he's like, I have a list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's. I mean, it, I mean, it comes back to like that repeated theme of yeah. I, I, and I see what you're saying about having it it'd be like. And again, I think you can pull that off without it being like it's the people's collective of like whatever you know. <laughs> like I think there's a way to do it that it it is a little more. Kind of. Yeah, this isn't some like Grateful Dead patchouli jam or anything like that. You right. Know? I mean, it's definitely. Uh, which, you know, for those who are into that, it's available, but you won't find it here. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think more than anything, just, um, I mean, I think, you know, I want to get better at what I do. <laughs> I'm not yeah. going to get better at what I do if I just do the same thing over and over again. I want to learn a little bit. And, you know, you play with different musicians and you, you're forced to hear in a different way and and react in a different way musically and and adapt and evolve a little bit and that to me is really exciting you know and, and also i, I want to continue playing music as long as i can i don't you know i don't want to do just one thing so you know my hope is that this group just continues to to reinvent itself or you know like find a new you know little tiny growth little polyps yeah <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here uh, Savak uh, little, little growths and polyps For your ears <laughs> Well and that's Sorry. That was gross Yeah that was, that was a little gross I'm not gonna lie uh, So then as Yeah and you mentioned You know playing Playing with different people And like learning things Or whatever So so talk about Like It, it was surprising to me That Obits Obits ended Kind of with like Less fanfare I guess Than I expected <laughs> if that's the best way uh, to put it <laughs> and i mean no disrespect I mean, when I, I say that no not at all i mean to me it, it uh yeah it's, it's kind of like you know you it i just yeah it, it, i guess it did i don't know i mean it really it, from, it the outside, from the outside from the outside that's that's i mean uh, it, yeah, it, because like there was you know three great records i mean it was like it was like oh it's like oh wow there's a new record that's great too and it's like oh cool and then it's like oh what Uh, they're not playing anymore what's what 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 no well thanks no i mean it it was truly a great great band to be in really fun i mean you know we all got along so well and, and really truly enjoyed the stuff that we did you know both the, the records that we made and we got to do a lot of great traveling and, and playing in cool places, meeting new interesting people. And so, yeah, it was, it was terrific. And, you know, we were actually working on a fourth record at the time with two drummers with Alexis and Matt Schultz. Oh, wow. Um, okay. And so we had 
I don't know, two-thirds of a record written. Actually, that's not true. We, we, had, we had more than a full record written, uh, not just not all pared down. And, you know, truthfully, I, 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 I think Rick got opportunities to do stuff with Jehu, and I think maybe he wasn't feeling the creative spark in the group anymore. I mean, I've never asked him about it specifically, but I think he had some stuff going on personally, and the band just was not giving him what he wanted you know sure, um yeah. i mean the nice thing is it has not affected our friendship and that to me is really and truly the thing that i hold the closest you know uh so you know we still send joke texts back and forth so i don't you know <laughs> that's what's important yeah yeah I mean, been, I, you know the, the, the band was the band had a good run but better than other ones you know so that does been in and so you know i can't really i got nothing to complain about no bad blood, no drama, nobody stole the no, other's car no. and put into the ditch or something? No, no, not at all, not at all. I mean, you know, I, I, I would say the only thing that bummed me out was we had a really great European tour planned that we had to cancel. Oh, man. And that, that is a selfishly, well, selfishly, it was one where my wife was going to come join me at the end, and we're going to spend, like, a long weekend oh, on the coast of France. Yeah. So, that, that, so that's the part where I'm like, I can't believe I had to give that up. <laughs> right, know? right. But, uh, but, but really, it re- you know, it just, it, it, there, you know, it, it, at the time, it was just not in the cards. And so and I, I think it's best for everyone, really, because, I mean, the, one, the ones of us that have gone and continued doing Savak, we're happy doing that. Rick, I think, is doing really great doing the Jay stuff. And, you know, I mean, so, I mean, he did the cover for our record. So, you know, it's all... He did, he did indeed. It's yeah. all good. He's uh, he's pretty great, that Rick Froberg. He did... did, did yeah, he did. is. He's got, the guy knows how to make some art, huh? Yeah, I, I was pretty psyched that uh, he find, he did the most recent Secret Friends record, too. It was, that was uh, definitely... That's great. I li- know, man. That looks so cool. Life accomplishment. Check. I was like, yes. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's great. awesome. And and Alexis, similarly, uh, he actually made a video for one of the tunes off of the new Savak record. Oh, nice. So that'll come out in so, a so, months or whatever. So it's kind of yeah. all so, you know, it's family. All still, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Well, that's, I mean, that's good that it's, you know, it, it, it definitely, I, I suppose one could, one could read into the album title best of luck in future endeavors which i think is wonderful (laughs) because that's like that's like what you say you know what you say to someone when it's like all right i'm out (laughs) you know best of luck like what it's not like acrimonious it's not necessarily like super friendly but it's like somewhere in between best of luck in future endeavors (laughs) goodbye co-worker idea i do like um i do like the fact that it's kind of something you might find in a fortune cookie that sounds really promising and yet, there's something really flat and empty about it as well. <laughs> totally, yeah, um, yeah. It's got the illusion of of, um, of of depth. Yeah. So yeah, which I like which me. I think. To, <laughs> say that again. Just like me. <laughs> Just like I this show. I yeah. can't agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna I, say. I, uh, yeah, that's, that's, I don't agree with that at all. I I um I do think that that, that sort of encapsulates. Um, a lot of popular culture, that feeling, like it's all like everything's super awesome all the time, and yet it's totally vapid in reality. Right, you know? there's not much to uh, it. And so I think in, in some way that title captures that a little bit, you know, just the, the suggestion of something great without necessarily... Wait, am I just saying that record is terrible? <laughs> no, <laughs> we're talking about the name. No, no, yeah, oh. yeah. Okay, hold on. The name, yeah. not the record. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
So, um, no, and, and I do think it's funny though that we, you know, like I think on the to get back to our. I don't want to get back to it too much, but the the whole internet thing, how everything on the internet, it's all superlative, you know, like everything is, is followed with exclamation points and smiley faces. Right. And, you know, if everything's awesome. Like every, like if it, it doesn't matter if it's a movie or a record or a best, restaurant best thing or whatever. Ever. Yeah. Yes. You know, and, 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 uh, which is so really like, sometimes I just think like, can't we just have, I mean, most of our lives are so mundane, you know, they're just so, <laughs> Just really, they are. We all live these like small, tiny lives, and so the desire to have everything be like the best experience ever just seems really disproportionate to the lives that we're actually living. You know? Yeah, and that's well, yeah, and I think that's that's a problem that's sort of notable through like most of society right now. I mean, that's definitely yeah. Yeah, everything's got to be all capital letters, underlined three times. Could could so tie into music the... for the small life. Yeah, <laughs> our, our music should reflect our own tiny lives. <laughs> well, it's and I think it's interesting that the I mean the internet's kind of allowed for that that there's you can have like more sort of nuanced. <laughs> I was trying to think like the equivalent of a slow food. <laughs> <laughs> totally, <music>. I, absolutely. <laughs> like whatever We're that would be, right? It yeah, was yeah, grown yeah. nearby. Small batch. <laughs> By a yeah. farmer it's that handcrafted. It's handcrafted, artisanal. Yeah, <laughs> it's certainly artisanal. Isn't that crazy though that we're now at the point where those those things, which are actually all good things, are like totally mockable? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's, that's it's kind of crazy. No, that that is a very good point because it, there's there I is. I mean, we should be celebrating those things. Those are great things. They're made by by people. You know, things that well, are done with I mean, care and you know. There's a pretension that I think exists around people not really understanding the philosophy and but thinking that they should do it because it's cool which i think is fine because they're supporting a good thing but at the same time it it like does in that aspect without meaning to mock the thing because i mean i've been doing not to be like a weird like get off my lawn but i've been doing that for <laughs> like 14 years because that's how i like to live my life that's my own philosophy but other people like do search these things out because some website or like popular blog made it seem beautiful. And hopefully it's like a gateway drug and they're like, Oh, maybe I've been living wrong. I should like really do things differently. And I think that does happen, which is cool too. And I also, I had a conversation with an artist friend of mine who was talking about this guy who has a bunch of Instagram followers and he like, moved out of California to some far, like, I want to say Montana or some very, like, m rural place and built a bunch of, um, a bunch of tree houses to live in and, like, a skate park underneath and stuff, which is strange, but still, like, a part of the tiny house movement. But also, I think he comes from wealth, so he can do stuff yeah. like that, which is also, like, creates this, like, oh, let's mock it because this guy doesn't fucking deserve what he has but at the same time when my friend was talking about like no one wants to watch your stupid trustafari in life unfold and i was like well maybe people do like maybe somewhere in indiana that's inspiring to some kid that like lives in the middle of nowhere and is like cool this guy likes to live in the country i know what that's like maybe i can have a skate park one day but hopefully that could become a reality instead of something we mock hmm yeah, I think we got to celebrate the good things. I think um I think that unfortunately there's 
there's a particularly online anonymous comment world. There's a there's a tension to knock things down, yeah. and I think it's a, unfortunately it's a, it's a very very juvenile way of looking at the world. You know, it's it's uh, and it's I think really creates such a incredibly negative and uh, unwelcoming environment. So, I mean. I totally understand why these things are mockable because they end up becoming sort of lifestyle advertising markets. Right. So the, the actual thing itself seems further away. Um, but I do think that, you know, if to cultivate that, the, the handmade, to cultivate the local, to cultivate the thing that's done with care and done because you want to do it, you know, it doesn't mean you have to buy every crappy painting made by a local artist, but at least you can support <laughs> the idea of, of 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 community. And I think that that's, um, you know, I don't care how corny that sounds. I think that's a really great thing. And, uh, you know, I mean, we live in such a homogenized, um, over-processed world that whatever we can do, I mean, if Kraft Foods decides it wants to make t- organic cheese, I would say that's great. I'm still not going to buy it because I'm not interested in supporting craft. But you know right. what? It's one more thing that's out in the world that is hopefully less destructive, <laughs> you know, and maybe makes people think about what it is they're eating, how they interact with the natural world. Um, I don't know. Like, you know, you know the, the writer Michael Pollan. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah, like I, I think he's somebody who is really interesting because you know his whole thing is like how, how do we as our species interact with nature, whether that's food, whether it's you know the animals that we eat, or or the, how we keep our animals, and you know I think there's a lot of things to to learn from that, um, and uh, and unfortunately I guess you know it also becomes the fodder of people who kind of don't want to deal with that because it calls into question their own ways of living, and so it becomes a really easy target, you know. Right. Uh, also, as a member of our local food co-op, there are plenty of people there that are totally worth mocking because they're <laughs> uptight and aggressive, and really, like, it didn't, wouldn't matter what they were doing. They're just, they're not cool people, you know. They can buy as much, you know, artisanal aioli as they can possibly consume, but <laughs> it won't make them any more interesting. Right, and and, and, um, that, and and that is the thing, but it doesn't take away from what you're talking about, which is, yeah, like, the it, it's... It's a worthy thing that I think that it there's it's harder for people to buy into like earnestness and, and connection these days. It's very easy to have like a flip reaction or like like have like a disconnected sarcastic sort of flip comment about something than it is to <laughs> care about something. <laughs> I, guess. I mean for example, you like Conan, you just put on a festival, right? Yes, the PRF West, thank and you. So- Yes. So, so that that festival, which it was clear as I followed you on social media as you were putting it together, took an incredible amount of work and effort on your part, and the people who helped you out are part of a community of people that you have cultivated to work together to try to make your lives a little bit more interesting and gratifying, and. Technically, it was a festival, and right now we live at a time where there are more festivals than you could possibly shake out <laughs> of all the trees across the street from me in the park. <laughs> and most of those festivals exist as some crazy form of, again, lifestyle marketing for advertisers uh, or corporate promotional events. 
And so the fact that you you are actively putting together something that is not about that. There's not like the uh, the coconut juice tent, you know, uh, you know, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, um, it's really it's exciting, and it, it 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 speaks more to I think the the um, the kind of truly like DIY culture that I think is worth celebrating, worth trying to 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 promote. Whereas, like, it it's cool for a band to be able to play at a festival stage to a large group of people and hopefully turn them on to something they were not familiar with before. But it's part of this whole larger machination of of music as um, as as uh, content, music as as, uh, as as fodder to go along with selling shoes or sunglasses right. or you know again it's, it's it's like lifestyle packaging you know um and what you're doing it, it actually it's not advertising it's a real thing like you that is your life you're putting together this festival with bands that you care about and you know and so to me that that's there's nothing worthy of mocking in what you're doing well thanks that's uh i'm always vaguely uncomfortable when i, I get that kind of unsolicited Ernest sprays, but uh, I, I'll I'll just try uh, to you know I'll take I mean. it. I, I know what you mean, and I'll just take that as face value and say thank you. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very well, kind I just thing feel to like, say. Like, because like, what you're doing is like the sort of the you know the artisanal, the artisanal it mail of, of of rock and roll, you know. And, and it means more to the people that are there than you know maybe like the hundreds of thousands of people that like go to Coachella or whatever to see whoever the hell is playing. Like it, it's a different type of thing. Like the level of engagement. Yeah, it's like there's there's fewer people, but it's I mean I, I would actually say for my taste the quality of the bands at the PRF events are higher. Like there's something to love about each and every act, and some of them are just top to bottom like almost objectively fantastic if such a thing exists. And even the ones that aren't you know quite at that level, they're still like oh there's something here uh, at, for each act, and like I don't see that anywhere else really. And it's it's, well, it's a representative going, of the community. And people, I think, who are there are actively engaged in the experience. Whereas I think a lot of festivals, it's like yeah. you're surrounded by all kinds of things. You know, whether it's like the, the food tent or like the DJ tent or the you know the line for the bathroom, and you're trying to figure out strategically, like, should I go now or should I wait? I think Shellac's <laughs> playing soon, right? You know, right. Um, <laughs> and and so. You know, it's it's a different way of interacting and sort of putting value in music. And I think the thing that you're doing, the value is all directly obvious. It's about the music, where and about the community. Whereas the festivals of the world, the music is, I'd argue, secondary, or at least it. it the, I mean, the primary goal of those things is to make money to sell right. stuff <laughs> to put people in clothes and to put logos on people you know that's the primary goal was the brand and uh that, what's how can anybody get excited about that well and, and that's something that is you know it, it's it can be hard to put on because people don't under, understand something without a profit motive <laughs> it's it's sort of like no that's like I'm not saying that like we're it, it it's it's not like everyone's like eating gruel and like sitting on the commune together, but it's like it's not meant to like make money. It's it's sustainable, 
and you know if bands are traveling then obviously we want to make sure that they, they get compensated and whatnot but it's hard for people to grasp that concept of just why you would do something just for the sake of like doing it for like the good time but then when you see people kind of like realize it and kind of realize oh this is kind of like a parallel model to what i'm used to that can provide some interesting results and uh, you know whatever small part i've been able to put for that it's it's worth all the pain and hassle and stress and Baylock's needing moments yeah <laughs> yeah no i'm sure i mean it seems like a super cool thing and i hope that it continues well thank you i wish you guys could have played uh <laughs> there's always the future i wish we i wish we could have too yeah you just weren't offering enough money <laughs> yeah I, exactly yeah it, it, it would <laughs> Again, that's where it, it, it would be nice to have uh, less overhead and, and and maybe the corporate sponsors. But then, if you had, you know, Monster Energy, PRF Barbecue, would it really be the same? Like, I don't know. It seems a little. There's a fine. There's a fine line. Yeah, yeah no, it is. I mean, and and, and I, uh, you know, I always wonder with with those scenarios. It's like you want to make sure that you know everybody is um, fairly compensated. But also, you have costs that go into what you're doing, and you know whatever those numbers are. At this point, I can't imagine there's not at like the Wharton School of Business. There's not like a festival class that people take. Right, right. I mean, I mean there's got to be like an Excel <laughs> spreadsheet out there that's like the Excel spreadsheet for festival planning. You know, because I, I mean, I, like for example, I cannot understand why the Jehu. Uh, ATP thing didn't go down because I mean oh, what a drive I say that is. truly yeah, yeah I, I say that because that lineup was so incredible such yeah. a great lineup of music and Rick got various people to do posters for it and it just seems like a really really cool thing and I just can't help but think particularly for somebody who ostensibly has done this many times before isn't there a formula isn't there some like <laughs> offer these bands this amount plane tickets cost this amount housing costs this amount food costs this amount you know i mean it's just math right yeah you have like, someone's and, made a model of this somewhere i would hope yeah you would think <laughs> yeah i mean it's not like it's happening for it's like it's happening for the first time you know yeah, it's that's and well, that's a whole separate conversation in and of itself. But no, yeah, and I didn't. I don't mean to like go there, but 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 in in general, I I, I do think it's interesting when you know because I mean, as you know, from being in, being in bands for years, I mean, essentially you're running an incredibly unsuccessful small business, you know. Um, and story of my life, right? baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean that's that's essentially what it is, you know. I'm like, you're like, do we get the LLC? I don't know. It costs a hundred bucks. Yeah, I don't know. You know do we have hundred bucks? Fees, then, yeah. Know, you're making, you know, and you're like, but then if I if we don't get that, then I have to give them my social security number when we get paid, you know. Yeah, and then you're on and the hook for this, certain things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. it's, all, it's all this dumb stuff. Or like, we're we getting t-shirts. Who's paying for the t-shirts? Well, I can put up my credit card. Okay, but what if I don't get paid back in time? I'm paying interest on these t-shirts. But we all, you know, right, right. And it's all. I mean, it's really like the seat of the pants running a business. Um, and it's funny because I, after doing it for decades at this point. Sadly, I'm not any better at it. And there's part of me that's like, <laughs> isn't there? Isn't there some? Isn't there like? Isn't there like a cheat sheet somewhere? <laughs> you know, like, right. I mean, like, yeah. I, don't I, order sixty T-shirts if you're only going to sell thirty. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I, I'd like to think that I've gotten any better at it, but I mean, in certain ways, I suppose I have. But you know, I really, yeah. Ultimately, it, it's so much of it is just. It can be based on things that have nothing to do with anything in your control, too. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, 
Yeah, like we like we ordered a bunch of t-shirts. Oh, well, we're out of mediums. Uh, last time, you know, we sold only <laughs> larges and extra larges. So I guess whatever. People slimmed down this year. You know, I don't know. It, it, it's bizarre, yeah. But I remember people be like, oh, you're going to the Midwest, get more extra large. And we could get more extra large. And we're like, yeah, they all wanted smalls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? and then, whatever. Yeah, whatever you... Whatever you want, they'll want the other thing that you didn't get. <laughs> that's that's a Murphy's law of, uh, of of merchandise, I think. <laughs> but I do think, like, I, I always wish that there was like somebody could provide like the basic cheat sheet. But I think, truthfully, any of the the bands or labels or anything like that that are like you know the the ones that come from our background that are successful, I I don't think there is a cheat sheet. I think it just kind of happens by hook or by crook and by accident, and you know. Force of will you sometimes. Out, you, <laughs> yeah, like you put out a record and people connect with it and they sell a bunch of it and you're like, oh, okay, wow, great. We have money to put out another record. Um, and, uh, you know, like how, there, I guess there's no Excel spreadsheet for that, right? There's not. And uh, speaking of records, uh, <laughs> Savox got a new record, Best of Luck in Future Endeavors. <laughs> Uh, com- I comedy think I've minus one. To death. <laughs> no, it's I, I, I've, t- I've talked them out of any interest in listening to the record. You know, it's I for the, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised with the with with the the people who listen to this show. You're, you're right on the line. So, and, and I think this, <laughs> this 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 record's great, man. It's comedy minus one. It's putting it out. So go to comedy minus one dot com to get it. Uh, the record releases tomorrow in our personal timeline. Correct. You're, yes, 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 yes. And that's uh, for. For anyone that happens, I don't know when I'm going to get get this out. Probably not in time. But where's uh, where's that going to be at? That's a. Uh... Um, it's going to be at a place uh, in Brooklyn and Bushwick called Shea Stadium, not the Shea Stadium with a sports. Oh right, yeah. Happen, but, uh, <laughs> and uh, and it's with three great bands from DC. It's with uh, Super Silver Haze, which is Brendan's new oh, yeah. band with this guy Doug on bass. They're great. We play with them in DC. They're awesome and then this band puff pieces uh who just put out a record that is super good um it's all caps awesome um and then uh <laughs> sunwolf who is uh jerry busher who you know was in french toast with james and was in fugazi yeah um his band and they're really great too so i think it's going to be a fun night well that that sounds lovely and uh, for those that can't make it or aren't in the area, of course, you can order the record at uh, comedy-one.com. There's also savakband.com yes. as well. Uh, there's, a, there's, there's a band camp as well. I think there's two songs available to listen to now, and you, presumably that will change as the record actually gets <laughs> <laughs> released. Uh, but it's a great record. I, I, I really dig it. I'm looking forward to spending some more time with it and playing some more songs on the show. Um, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it's 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 nice to see. Like I said, it's two great tastes to taste together. You know, you you, you got the, the Obits guys and you got Michael Zawarski playing together. That's lovely. I love it. Which I will say, by the way, he is a great guitar player. Oh, he's a badass. I had no idea before playing with him, but he is really a great guitar player. Yeah, very interesting. Very interesting player. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks. Thanks for coming on the show. Is there any is there any song that you want specifically wanted me to play? I managed. We played a couple songs earlier. And I managed to do the thing that I, I didn't play any of the songs you sing on, which I think is funny. Oh, good. That's good. You heard my voice plenty. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Um, I guess. Uh, what's a good one? I guess you want to go out quiet? Sure. Nah. You can go out loud, too. Either uh, one. Um, 
I guess, you know, how about go for uh, Knock, Don't Run. Michael sings the, the bulk of it, and then I sing the outro. All right. There we go. Knock, Don't Run. Radio Nope. So, Rob, thanks so much for joining us, man. Thanks for letting me ramble. off of the record uh best of luck in future endeavors that is available on comedy minus one dot com uh, com as well and uh that's our show too wow that was a 
that, that was a lot of show. It was, it was like it was a compressed amount of show for a mm-hmm. long time that we haven't been doing this, huh? Yeah, we got an extra <laughs> fifteen minutes on it. Well, not really. Extra five. Oh, but okay, that's right. Yeah, thanks for listening. Um comedy-one.com. Go get it on the Bandcamp as well if you feel so inclined. Order the vinyl CDs, the cassettes. No, cassettes. What the fuck are people into these days? <laughs> I don't think they have cassettes. Uh, yeah. Song. This show is called For Controversial. Is it? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Good to know. It happens Thursdays, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Here on Radio Nope, RadioNope.com. As we come to the close of our broadcast day. Say yes to Nope. It's a good thing to do. We're back. We're back. Heard you missed us. We're back. <laughs> Um, oh. Yeah, it's at RadioNeutron.com for the archives. You can, Signing if you can freaking find it on iTunes, go give it a rating. Mr. And Mrs. Mm-hmm. That's always nice. Ships at sea. Uh, don't keep it a secret. Anyone within the sound of my don't. voice. We got Bob Hannum from the Colossus of Destiny, the Melvins documentary, in studio next week. I've got. Ooh. Should be a blast. That's exciting. Got other 50, cool stuff coming up. Lots of power. Lots of things happening. Things, stuff, etc. Ad infinitum. The air. <laughs> um, you got anything, Brenna? Nope. All right. Not right now. Can they be playing at like the Laugh Factory or anything? This. Mike. Me? That's what they always like. At the Giggle Hut uh, on yeah. Tuesday. The Thursday. Giggle Hut in San Francisco's <laughs> Chinatown neighborhood. Can you hear me Camp now? Chortle. Ew, that sounds oh, awful. That was terrible. That's a bad name. All right. Check you later. Check you later. I got my radio on. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? to my top 10.
like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. if there's no one there to receive. It's the end of radio. As we come to the close of our broadcast day, This is a real 